0: Hello, you're listening to Rob's Records Podcast, Episode Three Sheared Wood.
1: Shame. they walking up to you, singing glory, hallelujah. And then they try to sock it to you in the name of the Lord. They're gonna teach you how to meditate, read your horoscope, and cheat your fate. And furthermore, to hell with. Hey, look around and tell me what you see. What's happening?
0: hello yes back of my holidays back in this studio-ish 50 odd of you have liked it listen to it so thank you so much we are on uh, instagram robs records underscore pod should you wish to have a look at some of the uh, pictures I posted from my holiday and a couple, I think reels or stories. Yeah, there's also a link in the bio to how you can stream this. Maybe there'll be some merchandise you could purchase if you like. I'm coming up with a few t-shirt designs. Nothing spectacular, but uh, I printed one before I went on holiday. Wore on the beach a few times. It's like, yeah, only two episodes. Well, one at the time, but anyway, as I say, we're back.
2: I read the news today, oh boy.
0: A sex addict is suing Twitch for $25 million because hot female gamers allegedly made him masturbate so much that he had chafing on his penis. Eric Estavillo, who filed a 56-page lawsuit against the video game platform, claims Twitch has exposed him to overly suggestive and sexual content from, fe- from various female streamers. The self-proclaimed sex addict Filed the complaint to the County of Santa Carla's Superior Court in California. Estevillo is said to suffer from obsessive-compulsive disorder, depression, agoraphobia, panic disorder, and Crohn's disease. Due to his ailments, Estevillo heavily relies on the internet for all his entertainment purposes, according to the document. Estevillo said said the daily masturbation had caused injury to his penis, according to the suit. The lawsuit. Stated, the plaintiff had purchased a fleshlight previously, which went largely unused until Twitch. Mr. Mr. Estevillo began using this device whilst he watches female Twitch streamers and often ends up chafing his penis every day with the device, making it extremely painful and constant, which ends up causing redness and mild infections at the tip, since the fleshlight is electrical and also vibrates. The website, which is owned by Amazon, largely focuses on video game live streams. There's also claimed that Estevillo has had retina injuries by staring for hours at the breasts of girl streamers. He's reportedly embarrassed when people ask him why his eyes are bloodshot. A Twitch spokesperson commented on Estevillo's allegations and told the New York Post, These claims are frivolous and have absolutely no merit. Estevillo is known for trying to sue other gaming platforms and publishers over the years. Previously, he has targeted Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft, but none of the lawsuits succeeded. Great Scott! A woman has been keeping one potato in her freezer for five years because it looks as though it's smiling at her. Laurie Bricks refused to chop up the spud when she was making hash browns in 2017 because she thought it was so friendly looking that she just had to keep it. So she chucked it in her freezer where it's been living ever since. The potato features clearly defined eyes, nostrils and a smiling mouth, and Laurie and her husband Michael Briggs had even decided to name the cheery carb Pete. And after sparing this bud, Laurie and Michael also threw together an impromptu photo shoot featuring pictures of Pete reclining in a chair, sitting at a dinner table and watching TV. Five years later, 51-year-old Laurie recently unearthed Pete from his chilly new home and found the potato is now sporting new additions, including an ice beard and sprout feet. She said, I found him five years ago in a bag of potatoes from the supermarket. I was pulling them out to make hash browns for breakfast and spotted his little face smiling back. I couldn't turn him into a hash brown because he just looked so friendly. He just made me laugh so hard. I couldn't throw him away or eat him. I remember thinking it would be a shame to get rid of him. I named him Pete because I thought he looked just like a Pete. I got the idea to freeze him from my sister. She had a a cake with a celebrity on it from when she was young and she froze it and took it everywhere we went because she loved that so much. Laurie has since shared some photos from the shoot on social media and has racked up more than 2,000 likes shares. Comments on her post. Great hey, Scott! A woman has been banned from owning animals for life after feeding her pet monkey kebabs and offering it cocaine. The distressing footage also showing the poor marmoset being flushed down the toilet. Mother of four, Vicky Holland, 39, was filmed subjecting deliberate infliction on her pet monkey Millie, who has now been rehomed at a specialist facility. Footage showed Holland offering Millie cocaine, holding the drug in her hand, while asking, Want some coke? Lick my fingers. She was also seen feeding Millie kebabs, sausages, and burgers, and encouraging the dog to chase the terrified marmoset. Millie's abuse was uncovered when Holland and her partner Russell Cox were found to have cocaine hidden in a stash of kinder eggs at their home, with police finding drug paraphernalia and chocolate eggs containing £1,600 worth of cocaine. A proceeds of crime hearing was told the couple made almost forty thousand pounds from their cocaine business, monkey business. Great Scott! Next up, so I like to play a little games. The introduction, sorry, not the introduction. That's a completely different website, and I don't want you to go there. No, the last five seconds of a song. Uh, so I will play you this last five seconds. You have to listen, guess what it is. I might give you some clues in the interim. Here's the indent. Five, four, three, two, one. And here's the last five seconds of the song. So it's a band that formed in the 1990s. Four of them guitarist left then came back. Just two or more time. Come on, you got it. Did you get it?
3: The habitual foyer of what is known as Bye-bye. a morning soup can be avoided if you take a route straight through what is known as John's got brewers groom he gets intimidated by the dirty pigeons they love a bit of him Bye-bye. who's that gut lord marching you should cut down on your pork life mate get some exercise got nothing to do with your four sprung dirt technique, you know. Oh, God. Oh, God. And it's not about you joggers who go round.
0: Evidently, Phil Daniels, the narrator of that song, was meant to recite a poem over the instrumental from the Parklife album, The Debt Collector. But Damon Albarn couldn't find a suitable poem. So in the end, he ended up, uh, Phil Daniels, ended up doing the, the bit on there and chose, not to accept the flat fee, but a certain percent, a percentage of royalties. Next segment is Rob's Records. This is where I go through my record collection, pull a record out, talk to you a little bit about the history, not necessarily a review of the song. You know, you get to make your own mind up whether you like it or not. You don't need me to wax lyrical, vinyl lyrical about a song. If you like it, you like it. And I hope, you know, if you do like um, the songs I play on the show, you can get them on a Spotify playlist. It's on the linked tree or just search for Rob's Records on Spotify. There is a user. And you'll see the playlist there. So this Rob's record uh, is from 1994. It's a single that I've had in my collection for a while. The uh, interestingly, it's um, it's a double A side, so A and then AA, AA on the other side. The A side is uh, "Shadow of the Sun" live, recorded at Wolverhampton. That was part of Paul Weller's "Live Wood" album that's coming out. So this was obviously a, a promotional to that 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 seven-inch side the a of shadow of the Sun is 45 rpm the flip side is um, uh, a remix to a song sunflower and then there's another remix by Porter's head of the Wildwood song so just a little bit about Porter's Head. I think 1992 94 can't remember oh, they released their debut album dummy where we're known as the kind of pioneers of uh, of trip-hop which will be a whole new show a segment I'll do a show on uh, on trip-hop but yeah dummy I think the song you may be familiar with should you want to look for them on Spotify or YouTube or whatever is sour times the the remix to the song is very similar to the, the type of music you would expect from Porter said so yeah the the record was given away free with the NME I think it's probably one of the few times I've purchased the enemy. There was uh, there was always copies floating around in the, the college library, or some kid would have it in the refectory. But I was never never one for for reviews, you know. I, I've got, I've got a few um, like Uncut magazine. I think I bought it in March. And I don't know. It's it's good to get kind of get some ideas of of what's coming up, but I don't know. I generally like to make my own mind up, but I've always been, you know, when you've seen something like Fantastic or a review, it's almost like, oh God, I've got to like it now. You know what I mean? This is, so, um, anyway, so the record, um, is just the, only, the only time you could read it, or the only format you could get this in was uh, via this record, the 7-inch. It's available on eBay, by the way, I just had a look, it's, uh, I think, five quid. I mean, if you're into, into well, I think it's, a, uh, you know, three songs value for money, definitely. And as I was saying, there's some stuff Is it the remix, Brendan Lynch. He uh, does a lot of remixes for, uh, for Paul Weller. I think during, so Paul Weller, as you may know, or may or may not know, started off his career in the jam as the lead guitarist, singer, songwriter, then left, created another band, Star Council, and then finally Paul Weller solo albums. So first set album was self-titled Well, Weller had fantastic songs on there, like Remember How We Started, Bull Rush, and Above the Clouds. There's a remix for, I think there's a song on there at the end, finishes with Cosmos. There's a remix by Brendan Lynch. And he did some remixes for that, all the singles. Because this is the thing, you'd get some artists and the singles that they release, you just get a load of throwaway kind of b-sides. But these are different, you'd get like some live stuff or BBC ses- sessions or as in the like with Oasis, they'd write completely new songs. Same with Paul Weller. And that'd be the reason why you'd want to buy these singles and, you know, invest in you know, and the charts actually meant something. I mean, with download charts now, I just, I don't know, I, I don't get the, uh, the whole chart rating. I don't think it's the same. You've got so many different means and ways to listen to it. And I think owning music is really important too. I know I mentioned about Spotify and streaming a bit, that's more, more of a convenience. I think the the physicality of it all I mean what I've done I mean when I when I'm now playing these records part of the joy of, of you know doing the Rob's records is that I'm actively seeking things out I know I mentioned the lindia in the last show about 45 and 33 which we will go over in a little while but no Rob's records the the Paul Weller Wildwood sheared sheared wood remix fantastic you can get it now as a deluxe, via uh, the deluxe edition of Wildwood. So there is that clean version. And it, like I say, it's available on the Spotify playlist. But here is the 7 inch version at 33, and a third RPM, which I'll talk about the importance of in a little while. So at the end of the last show, I teased you with my trailer of sorts of which is the better running speed for a record. Is it 33 and a third or is it 45 RPM? So just to begin with a little bit of history, I guess, what is RPM? It's revolutions per minute. It's about how many times a record will spin round for. So 33 and a third, 45 RPM. So 33 and a third is so normally with a 12 inch record and with a seven inch, you would expect it to be 45 RPM. Previously, when the first records came out, there were 78 RPM, Uh, I think it was Thomas Edison in 1870, 1877, created the first recording uh, or records. Um, They'd be hand cranked, so the speed used to vary, I think it was between like 75 RPM and 80 RPM. And then some Bright Spark, a few years later, invented a motor which would then provide a, uh, a static revolutions per minute and I think the 78.4 I think RPM was known as the kind of peak performance for these things and, and naturally as technology progresses I think it was some years probably 1925-ish that 33 and a third records came out And I think generally speaking, the the reason for a 33 and a third was just to do the amount of uh, information that you can fit on one side. So, incidentally, that is seven minutes for seven inch, that's run at 33 and a third. And for a 12 inch, it's 19 and a half minutes. So, 45 RPM, sorry, seven inch is five minutes, and a 12 inch uh, record running at 45 RPM is. 14 and a half minutes so incidentally when you listen, when you're looking to get records and, and everything else when you know buying new ones let's say it's always best to go for an album which is about 40 minutes long or that the side generally is no more than 20 minutes I mean when you look back at the Nara records which I have in my collection now 11 I think it has with I should be so lucky and give me hope, Joanna, and come on, everybody, to name but a few. And I was on my mind. That's it by the, the Pet Shop Boys. But yeah, the, the more record, the more songs that you fit, and more kind of minutes you try to squeeze on one side, then what essentially you're doing is you're narrowing the grooves to the record, and you lose that kind of bass. It sounds very tinny. So yes, going back to 33 and a third, 45. So yeah, I think from the 1925s. I think 33 and a third took off and then obviously uh, people were coming up with smaller things with you know singles and I mean else when you'd release a single um, as opposed to a whole album because before it used to be great big orchestral classical pieces so you'd have you know you would have the means to want to listen to 40 odd minutes as opposed to a single which is probably two and a half minutes long. So which is the better speed 33 and a third. Or 45 so the argument is the more information that you can pump through the needle at any particular time is the better sound quality I've searched my record collection I was trying to find I know I'd obviously had mentioned about Penny Lane having on the blue album in stereo and the single in mono I mean I've, I've got loads of the Beatles single so I was gonna do a comparison there a 45 7-inch and then spliced it with a 33 and a third album version. So I thought, no, I'm not gonna do Beatles because it's been this episode three and it had been like three Beatles songs in the first three episodes. I don't want to be a Beatles nut. But no, I chose Northern Sky by Nick Drake, ages ago, I think it was 2002, 2003 they re-released another compilation of the kind of the last recordings of Nick Drake's A Black Dog it wasn't on an album but it was released as a single on the fruit tree or or an introduction to, to Nick Drake anyway what they did is they re-recorded uh, magic so they added a whole new orchestral piece released as a single the B-side is Northern Sky I don't think it's necessarily a very good pressing when I cleaned it up and, and before I put it from my record player onto my laptop. I clean it all and I record everything at the same level. So you should see like if there is differentiation in the kind of volume, the oomph that you're getting out of the record. And I just think the record was pressed badly, the 7-inch. I mean, it's not been played to death that often. I've been very careful with it. It looks, you know, brand new. Maybe there's a little bit of static on there. Don't know. But anyway, I've spliced together the 45 and the the 33 and a third from the brighter later album side 2 track 9 if you're interested so yes splice the two things together and to be honest i can't really tell the difference i think maybe the the album one is a little bit smoother but as i say it could just be due to, to do with the pressing but yes 33 and a third against 45 i think make your own mind up
4: Someone's knew the meaning of the sea I never held the motion in the palm of my hand I felt sweet breezes in the top of a tree but now you're here people I have known oh if you would and you could straighten my new mind's eye Love me till I'm dead. Oh, if you were you I come blow your eye. I never felt magic this I never saw moons knew the meaning of the sea. Felt sweet breezes in the top of a tree, but now you're here, bright and mild-
0: So the final part of today's podcast is Please Release Me. This is the original album that Primal Scream recorded for the Give Up But Don't Give Out, released in the early 90s, the album after screaming Delica. At the time, they'd gone off to Memphis, worked with this record, record producer, Tom Dowd, who'd known with the Reefer Franklin and the, the Memphis Horns. Recorded lots of different artists for, for Motown, Atlantic, um, those kind of things. Soul, Promise Screen, What To Go. They ended up recording this album and it was just forgotten about because it came back. They'd listened to it. I think Alan McGee, the head guy at Creation, had listened to it and thought, actually, it's not right. They got George Clinton in from Funkadelica. This other dude in to remix. I think it was Jailbird and Rocks. And that, that's the album that was released and everyone knows about. It wasn't until twenty seventeen, I think it was, the guitarist when he was sorting out through loads of tapes that he found the uh, an old A sixty cassette recording of these uh, these these Memphis soul sessions. So what you have essentially is the original album. There was a documentary that the BBC made a few years back, actually I think at the same time, twenty eighteen, and it tells you the story of that they went over to Memphis, recorded it all, came back, and then how they found it, Tom Dowd, died in 2002, but they go back and they speak to the kind of sound engineer who has the, like, the DAT tape to it, and then he plays them some other bits in the, in the studio. So it's a little bit of a story behind, you know, Primal Scream, It then goes a little bit into the Memphis Sessions. I had the album at uni, The Give Up But Don't Give Out, from the 90s, you know, with the uh, Texas or the Union flag, whatever you want to call it, on the, on the front cover. Absolutely loved it. My friend Marco at uni, he loved it. I remember one particular evening, he um, played the song, well, the remix song, which is on the CD. He played that one evening quite a lot in the living room. And My friend Owen was like, "It's doing my head in," and I was like, "Look, just leave him. Let him listen to it. Because I think it's played with his girlfriend or, or something." And so, that's that's kind of why I chose this song. Because this song. It's Crying Myself Blind from the Memphis Sands, because it's the Please Release Me section. Obviously, that, that makes sense. Um, as a treat as well, because the vinyl that I bought, it was um, two 12-inch records at 45 RPM. So so when I've recorded it for this podcast, when I've listened back to it, there has been hardly any, yeah, any, any crackles, any hisses and it just sounded superb absolutely amazing with the record i received a voucher the download code or whatever and i was able to download the mp3 of it at 320. so what i've then chosen to do and this is something i'll talk about in the next episode is where i've got a record a record and then i've got the mp3 now they're both, obviously, they were both 3.20. I recorded the, from the record player to the computer at 3.20. When I spliced the two things together in GarageBand, I then saved it at 2.5.6. And this is what the podcast is broadcast, that is 2.5 and 6, just because I find that to be a, a very good uh, sound quality. I mean, that'll be another show, future, about looking at different MP3 qualities which yeah, if you're looking to digitise your collection perhaps, or, or just want to you know have, save some hard drive space, then we'll listen and look at and i a search for you the different types of MP3 code you can get. Anyway, back to Primal Scream, back to Memphis sessions. The whole album in its entirety is is fantastic. I would advise you to seek out on Spotify. I think everything that I do play on there, if it's from an album, absolutely, you know, seek it out. And this is why, you know, in some respects Spotify is good. You can press the three dots next to it when you're playing a song, do a radio, which is the songs that sound similar to that, or, you know, the album that you're, you know, this song is, is, is plucked from. I mean, Northern Sky from Brighter Later by Nick Drake, fantastic. Don't know too much about Mel Torm, the beginning of the show, which it's funny. I always think that the, um, the lyrics are a bit sloppy to begin with, but it's kind of made up for with the uh, the killer bass line. So, yeah, I'll leave you with the version, the spliced version. There is such a distinct change, but it's mainly due to the speed. So I, I am going to look at <laughs> seeing if my record is running slightly faster, but it sounds fine to me. Everything, you know, everything else is uh, is fine. Maybe maybe that's the way it's meant to be. Who knows? <laughs> Something I will explore MP3s or records, which is better. So until then,
1: this is the